0: Welcome back to the Two Dudes, Three Legs podcast with your host, Zach Dingy. Tony Capoletti. Today, we sit down with Anthony Serino, who is a high-performance coach, and he debunked a lot of things about hypnotism. Anthony has worked with Olympic athletes, NBA players, WNBA players, all sorts of different entrepreneurs, business owners, you name it, he's worked with them, and he's very well-known on TikTok, if you'd like to find him. The Anthony Serino on TikTok. We went down deep 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 into the abyss of your thoughts and how this that affects your world
1: easily the most profound conversation we've had on this podcast you owe it to yourself to tune in
0: yo, 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 oh you fucking love your guy's are looking sharp zach dingy tony two Dudes three legs podcast where we share business tips interview experts and travel the world this week on two dudes three legs You've recently, in the last six months, been really successful on TikTok and YouTube. You've very much blown up and you're killing it, so. Let's talk about
1: your journey. You work in the field of hypnosis, which is crazy. There's a huge stigma around it and I don't think people understand it at all. So I hope tonight to shed a lot of light on it because when people think hypnosis, they're like, oh, you're, pull the watch out and like, oh, you're a duck, quack, but that's not what it is you're really helping people. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's funny because, you know, my mom was in real estate. My dad was an attorney and like the last thing they would expect is me to like grow up and be a hypnotist. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, I would never expect it either, but you know, you mentioned TikTok and kind of, you know, my rise to TikTok fame, if you will, over the past six months, which I I think I got lucky and we can get into kind of some of the logistics of how that happened. Um, But where was I going with this? As far as my, journey into hypnosis, it wasn't the the stereotypical, like, oh, I'm into the, like, woo-woo new age stuff. It, mm. it came out of a place of desperation. And I was actually always the skeptical dude who was like, if you said hypnosis, I would laugh like, okay, what well, that's weird, you right. know? Yep. And uh, yeah, long story short, I was at such a bad place in my life back in like 2016. Um, I was over 300 pounds, you know, I'm 6'5", I'm, I'm naturally a big dude. Yeah. But uh, I was over 300 pounds, I was broke, I was single and I was suicidal. Like I would literally I literally like drive my car and close my eyes. And oh my like God. just because I was like, just let something happen. Let me hit something, you know? And thankfully, thank God, nothing ever happened. I always grabbed the wheel, never hurt myself or anybody. And uh yeah, something had to change. And people are like, Well, Anthony, were you depressed because like the way you looked, yeah, sure. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't think I was attractive. You know, I was ugly. They were like, "Were you depressed because you were broke?" I was like, "Sure, that sucked," but that wasn't it. I was depressed because I woke up every morning knowing what I needed to do and I wasn't doing it right. Mm. And I feel like so many people are in that spot where they know what they have to do to be successful, but they're just not able to get themselves to do.
0: Trapped in the rat race. Yeah,
2: and uh, so that I felt like a shadow of a man.
0: How old were you when you had that epiphany?
2: I mean, this was in 2016 and I had just started a previous business that I had. I owned a tattoo removal business here uh, locally and uh, it was the stress of that trying to start a new business, be an entrepreneur for the first time in a business, yep. in a niche that is was like crazy new at the time yep. and uh, just dealing with all the stress that came with that.
0: So let's talk about that for a minute. You've kind of been an entrepreneur since day one and you know, all the reasons you, said you, you all the reasons you said you were depressed was kind of because you weren't acting in correlation to who you thought you were. So what was the first business that you started?
2: Uh, so it was a tattoo removal business. I was 26 right. years old. I had done real estate, I had my real estate license, since I was 18. I did the whole, you yeah. know, I worked at the EverReady Diner here for 10 years, uh, went to school, left college early, tried to do the real estate thing with my mom because she has a brokerage up here. And uh, I just didn't like driving around showing people houses and stuff. And so I was like, I gotta do something different Own, own my own thing. And uh, one day I was just like, I think I was watching Shark Tank or something. And <laughs> someone was talking about tattoo removal. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do that. And I was like, well, <laughs> how the hell am I gonna do tattoo? I don't know what the first thing about it so i went that's down the ballsy. i went down the rabbit hole and uh yeah I, I started it up thankfully my parents supported me and and you know motivated me to do it so and then yeah is that that's does that answer your question
0: how long were you in tattoo removal how long uh, five years things?
2: so i actually uh sold mm-hmm. it last year a big company came and approached me and they were like basically hey you can either sell it to us or we're going to open up a place near you and Drive you, drive you out of business. Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: that business is essentially just equipment. Yep. You buy the equipment and you just have people in and you come in and zap them. It's, it's simple in execution, right? But it's difficult
2: in tailoring the process to the specific tattoo in the person. Um, you know, uh, okay. And you're using you're using, using medical grade equipment. I'm using a laser, right? That's right. $150,000 machine. Uh, at the time, I don't know if it's changed since, but in New York, you don't need any sort of license. You don't need to be a medical professional, which is crazy thinking back on it that I was a twenty six year old just buying a laser zapping people, zapping people you know. <laughs> For real. I like to think that I'm a relatively good person, so I was always you know conscientious of what I was doing and researching of and course. you know. Uh but yeah anybody can just get a laser and do it, which That's is crazy unreal.
1: So you had a good exit out of that business. Yeah it was it was
2: like kind of just serendipitous because at the time I was already into my journey of coaching people and doing hypnosis and all this mindset work with uh, one-on-one clients, and uh, yeah, it was just time. I was like, I want to put all my focus on this. And one of the so things you were that, doing both yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and I had a Amazon. I have an Amazon business and drop e- shipping. E- uh, it's all print on demand. So
1: print on demand.
2: Yeah, so a lot of you know print on demand services where you can just upload designs and things, and okay, then they'll yeah. print it to whatever product. So, and that was what we kind of connected on when we chatted. It was like about focus and that's what resonated with me when I was watching a previous podcast with Frankie was, you know, so many people try to go in different directions and I always had my hands in different in things, different parts, right? but as soon as I started focusing on one thing, everything, that's when like everything felt miraculous and magical and serendipitous and synchronicities were happening all because I was just focused on, on one path. So, so
1: yeah, well, your path was certainly not to work for anyone else it oh, seems. I
2: mean, you couldn't pay me enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to figure yeah, that out yeah. and I'm glad I did.
0: And now you're kinda in this solopreneur game where you were just saying it before, but you went from business with hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment and brick and mortar and people working for you, got employees, uh, and you became successful at that. Yeah. And now you're just doing the solopreneur game where it's really just you yep. and you're doing it for yourself and you're rolling with it. So, what has the difference been with you being the main business compared to having all those employees?
2: I mean, I was just kind of validating this uh, the other day. My buddy texted me, and I think he was like, you know, employment taxes tripled this year or something like that. And the, the cost just to have employees working for you is, is crazy, plus the logistics and it's, it, there's a lot more responsibility that comes with owning a business and having employees. You guys know with the teams that you guys work with, right? And to me, I was like, how can I simplify this? You know, and I was like, what can I do myself? And sure, you want to delegate, you want to outsource the tasks that you know, the you know, the ten dollar an hour tasks, if you will. Yep. Um, but I, yeah, if, it basically was like, how can I simplify my life? And I was like, well, what can I do full time by myself for the most part? And I already had a passion for helping people with, you know mindset work and hypnosis and that's kind of, that natural progression happened.
1: Let's talk about your introduction into hypnosis. Mm -hmm. How did you find it?
2: Yeah, so circling back to kind of how I started as far as like where I was mental health wise and and being in that position, I saw a hypnotist. This is what happened. (laughs) I, I was fat, I was depressed, I wanted to change, I was willing to do anything, right? Like you right. could you, you could have told me to do anything at that point, I just would have tried it, right? So someone was like, go see a hypnotist. And I was like, screw it, I'll try it, I'll go. So I saw this dude on Skype, right? Like I'm sitting in my office at the time, I'm talking to some weird like hippie dude on Skype <laughs> and I can't exactly explain what happened, at least not at the time I couldn't explain what happened, but I met this guy for 60 minutes. He did his thing, I went into, and we'll talk about what hypnosis is later, I imagine, but after that session, something clicked in over six months. I just started doing the things I knew I had to do. I became a whole different person. I started um, naturally working out more, eating the right things, and I lost 82 pounds in six months without willpower, without hard work, without discipline and i was like it was like the stereotypical like if this could work for me it's got to work for other people
1: so you 100% attribute the results that you had to a 60 minute call on skype 100%
0: wow 100% tell me about the actual call though yeah. was it like your limiting beliefs what did he talk about was it a food disorder was it a, a, a workout you know you weren't working out or was it a belief about food what was the belief that you were actually trying to fix
2: yeah, so a lot of it stem back to identity, right? And everybody thinks that, oh, if I just do this, then I'll be successful. If I just eat, eat less, move more, then I'll lose weight and I'll get healthy. Sure, you will, but why don't people stick to it? Why don't people stick to the resolutions, right? It's because they haven't changed their beliefs about themselves, they haven't changed their beliefs about food, they haven't changed their beliefs about the world around them. And if you don't change your beliefs and eliminate the fear and self-doubt, you're never gonna consistently have the habits or take the action associated with getting the result that you want. And so right. the session that we had was focused on changing who I was, right? I had to step out of the idea of like, oh, I'm the big guy, the big boned, right? Uh, I believe that I had to finish all the food on my plate because I was totally growing up, like, oh, no, you got to finish that because there's are starving kids somewhere. Right. And not that, you know, not that my parents or my grandmother who helped raise me did anything wrong. It's just like, that's what you, that was just something well, people say, right? And not every kid takes it that way. But for me, I built a habit of eating too much, overeating, even when I was full, because that, those things that are said to us, those things that are done to us, those things that are what we witness leave lasting imprints on us, especially as children. That's, and we are learning to navigate the world around us. And uh, yeah, so that, that made me develop beliefs about food and myself that then led to habits as far as overeating and, and lack of exercise and things like that.
0: So after we met that one time, when we met for coffee, um, I came back and I was writing in my journal cause I'm trying to write a book now and uh, I'm writing down the stories. Uh, and it made me think of the first time I ran my marathon And I always told myself, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. I'm a big dude. I was 225 pounds at the time. I was lifting weights. I was not doing any cardio and I don't run. So for three years after high school, I never ran. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to run a marathon. And Mm -hmm. so I started training. Three months later, I ran my first marathon. And all I could think of was what else am I doing in my life that I'm saying I can't when I really can mm. and I could if I wanted to you know
2: yep absolutely
0: and now I've ran a second marathon <laughs> so it's like as soon as I decided I can yeah. rush it too magically I can now run so it's fascinating yep. and we say all these things like I run a sales team and I always say you create your own power you create your own reality when you go up to the door and you're going to knock on that door if you say to yourself this person's been wanting solar for three months they can't wait for me to knock on their door now magically, that person happens to want solar. 100 percent. So you obviously built a fantastic coaching business,, yep. uh, uh, changing people's lives, and you know you lost 82 pounds yourself. Mm-hmm. So how has that been for you?
2: It, yeah, so the, the kind of progression from there was like, okay, well, if this worked for weight loss and for me, it could work for other people. But I was like, hold on, I wanna, I wanna see what else I can do with this for myself. And so I had like a fear of flying where like I would miss out on trips with friends and stuff because I wouldn't get on a plane. Mm. I saw another hypnotist within 20 minutes, I got over my fear of flying and like now wow. like I, was like taking videos of myself, getting on the plane and stuff, like so happy. Um, I had health anxiety where like I constantly thought I was dying of cancer, like touching like bumps on me and stuff. Oh my God. Went to a hypnotist within one session, gone. And then obviously I also built my own self-hypnosis routine and, you know, mental health routine through that. But then I was like, okay, well, let me help friends and family do this. And then I just was like, hey, you know, didn't charge any money. I was just, hey, do you want to try this hypnosis thing? You know, I know this sounds weird, but they were like, yeah, let's do it. People were getting crazy results. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time.
1: That's why I was just following so scripts. you started this very organically.
2: Yeah, I was just following scripts and like, you know, bullet point lists of how to do hypnosis with people. And I took some trainings, very like, you know, basic level things. And then slowly people started getting results. I started getting better. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start charging for this. So that's
1: interesting. You didn't go to school for this. You just sort of trained yourself and took trainings from, I assume, other hypnotists and then started your own practice. Yeah. So it
2: it kind of seems like a coming through line in my life where I do things that are kind of in a gray area, I guess, because same thing with the tattoo removal. I didn't need to be licensed or anything. Now I did get certified with, you know, people who've, who've done it in the past. Same thing with hypnosis. I ended up going up to the university of Toronto, um, maybe four or five years ago, doing a a certification in hypnosis there done. I mean, I've spent over a hundred thousand dollars probably on certification courses and trainings, and I'm like a a research junkie. So I'm always looking into it. So,
0: so there's this stereotype around hypnosis and I don't know if we answered it fully before. So I just want to go back. Yep. Hypnotists, when people think of it, they think bullshit. You're going to make me close my eyes and fall asleep. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not real. So what is actual hypnosis? Like what's your definition? What, what's the meaning? What do you define it as?
2: Yeah. So I just thought hypno you know, growing up Catholic, I was brought up Catholic and you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian now still. And like, I get a lot of, I got a, a lot of slack from even the, the Christian or religious community. That's like, Oh, what you're doing is evil and, and this and that. Listen, we have a physical part of us, and we have a mental part of us, and if you believe it, a spiritual part of us, right? You go to the gym and work out, right? You don't think that's evil, You're, you strengthen your body. We also have tools like hypnosis and what we call these subconscious modalities to strengthen our mind. And they leverage very real neurological processes. And you know, I know what we kind of discussed before was that I was always skeptical and I needed some conscious buy-in I needed to know that, okay, this isn't just some woo-woo evil stuff. And so I started doing research uh, into the science and neuroscience behind it and found that it's a real neurological state. So hypnosis is simply a a state of mental relaxation and increased focus. And we experience this state every single day, no matter who you are. People are like, well, I can't be hypnotized. I promise you, unless you have some severe neurological disorder, you can be hypnotized. And the example I give is if you've ever been driving from point A to point B and you forgot how you got there, even though you were doing the most dangerous thing you do on a daily basis, and you're singing songs and messing around with the kids or friends, and but like it still happened, that's because you were in an altered state of consciousness where your conscious analytical mind was off doing something else, yep. and you have this subconscious automatic part of your brain that's running th- running everything automatically. So that's the state of hypnosis, and then you know obviously we use the process of hypnosis using different techniques and, and protocols to elicit change while you're in that state.
1: So you get people into this state, you take out this big watch. <laughs> <laughs> How do no you watch. get people into this state?
2: Uh, so basically, this this isn't, um, this is not gonna be a romantic explanation of it or anything, uh, a lot of people think you need some big uh, elusive induction and, and things like that, but what the research shows is simply by closing your eyes and turning your focus away from the external world and, in, and towards your internal state of being and creating images in your mind that's not part of your current reality, meaning if I were to close my eyes right now and start putting myself on a beach somewhere, mm-hmm. right? my brain is already going into that altered state of consciousness and right. moving away from the conscious. Sounds like meditation. Part. It's meditation, hypnosis, focused prayer. It's all the same state okay. ne- neurologically.
0: So interesting, I've gone in and out of, of meditating and I know it's hard for a lot of people because it's hard to turn off, mm-hmm. you know? And I will tell you that the times I do what I call, what my coach calls a daily wealth ritual, where I sit down, I do cymatic breathing and I will tell you that those are some of my best days. Yeah. When I just take 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, it could even be, and I just sit there, I focus on my intention, I focus on what I have to do that day. And I guess that's kind of the same as hypnosis. So, I mean, for for people listening, like the average person, I don't know if anyone just sits there for three minutes, let alone 60 seconds, and just focuses on their breath. Do you think anyone does that? I don't think anybody does that. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, maybe people who engage in like religion a lot, they'll do that yeah. through prayer. And obviously they're getting something out of it. Well,
2: he, here's the thing, it's called mindset for a reason. You got to set that shit every day, right? Mm. Like, I like oh,
0: that. Like, no, <laughs>
2: but seriously, like, it, it, you wouldn't go to the gym one time and ex- expect to get bigger, faster, stronger from going to the gym one time. Yeah. So why do you think you're gonna get stronger mentally by doing something once in a while? Mm, and I, I, one thing I want to point out here is a lot of people talk about meditation and hypnosis in the same breath, which is totally common. I think a lot of people use meditation as escapism, right? So they're feeling anxious, they're feeling stressed, overwhelmed. And so they're like, oh, I'm gonna go do some meditation to take myself out of it and get that moment of of silence and peace. And they feel good. But then what happens? They stop in the meditation and they
1: return and they go
2: right back to it.
1: Exactly.
2: Where hypnosis, our goal is to face the issues head on. What are the deep inner, like the trauma, the deep inner work that needs to be done so that we can figure out, well, why is this stress and anxiety response running in these specific moments? Running into the
1: storm instead of running away from it. Exactly.
2: And
0: you achieve hypnosis through, can you achieve it through a struggle or like a marathon?
1: Oh, definitely. Bro. Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah.
2: I mean, once again, same thing when you're driving, if you can go into that state while you're driving, um, any type of physical, it, it's not a state of physical relaxation, it's a, state, it's a state of mental focus that transcends your conscious analytical thought. Mm. And so it's, sure, you can do it in running. And it's funny, you mentioned the story about running because I did the same thing, like speaking of identity, I used to call myself like, I'm six five, I was always big, I was like, I'm not a runner, I, can't, I hate this. I would literally say that I hate running. And back in November, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start training for a 5K. I know it's not a merit that I'm not on your level yet, but I was like, well, what do I need to say to myself to just to, to start running. I just started saying, well you know what I wasn't a runner before but now I'm gonna become a runner I'm gonna embrace this yeah. and if you follow David Goggins right what does he <laughs> talk about <laughs> do all the time I follow
0: David Goggins right? like,
2: it's all about self-talk it's self-talk and what is he what did he do? He killed David Goggins right. so, yes, dude and I want to it's funny I'm you guys can take this or whoever watches this I wanted to create an article like how many people has David Goggins killed but yeah. talking about their identities yeah, right yeah. because that's what he did he killed the old David Goggins and he created this new identity of Goggins and so anybody can do that create a yeah. new identity create these alter egos um, and it it will have profound effects on how you naturally interact with the world.
1: Once I started doing affirmations, you know, like initially hearing it, I thought it was kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. Like you just tell yourself stuff, but I don't think that's it. I think you convince yourself of who you are and what you can be and it really works. Mm -hmm. It's wild how my life has changed over the last two yeah. years. I mean, you've seen it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that Frankie Flowers episode, I don't know if you watched the whole thing, but I did, I on did. that episode, he talks about how he walked up to the bridge and he was like, I didn't jump off the bridge with my old, Frank. the old Frankie Flowers jumped off mm-hmm. that bridge. Yep. Dude, I mean, same thing. Like I reinvented myself so many times in business, mm-hmm. in life, in relationships. It's fascinating that we can decide at any moment what we want. Yep what our new reality is, boom, you just flip a switch. And like you said, the better you get at it, the the more you can do it. Um, and your right. your identity
2: dictates, like I said, back to this, uh, it's not like a broken record, but your identity dictates the habits you have and the habits you have dictate the outcomes mm-hmm. that you have. Everybody mm-hmm. tries to change the habit without changing the identity. The the cool part is it doesn't have to be some like super technical approach. You can literally just decide to say you're a different person. And here's the thing, everybody's like, well, I don't wanna lose my identity. Well, who you guys are with me right now is one identity. Who you are with your significant others and your family is another identity. Who you Mm. are with your friends and business is another identity. You just have to consciously and intentionally begin to write new identities for yourself. And then you don't even need to focus on the, you don't need willpower. Everybody thinks you need willpower. Willpower is the biggest myth and scam that I've ever heard because And people are like, well, why would you say that? Well, if you ate the second piece of cake, even though you told yourself not to, or you slept in, or you procrastinated, did you need willpower to do any of that? No. So if you don't need willpower to do the negative shit, why should you need willpower to do the positive stuff? Good point and that's my, that's the whole thing and why people experience such profound results when you do things like hypnosis is because you're changing the neurological programs that are causing you to take action or to not take action I get
1: it so it's like you don't need willpower you just need to be the person that doesn't do exactly. that Exactly You don't need will to stop yourself from doing it yeah. if you're not the person who does it
2: Yeah and I always say, this is, why I,
1: this is why I always say, it's easy to do who you are, it's difficult to do
2: who you are not, mm. right? So it's easy for the smoker to smoke. It's easy for the gym rat to go to the gym because that's part of who they are, This their identity, it's not difficult for them, right? So you gotta think about like how you talk to yourself, how would you describe yourself? How would like, what would you describe your identity as? And then see, well, do the results I want align with who I'm being in this right. moment, you know?
1: So I always had the saying, and I think it's gonna change now, that what got you here won't get you there mm-hmm. but i think the saying should definitely be the person who got you here won't get me there
2: yeah exactly i love that Damn, that's new Might draw and the podcast well <laughs> 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 no, you know and, and take it one step further is you know even beyond identity a lot of us are operating as the children we were when we were, you know, as kids, we're still, you know, we're trying to achieve goals based on the same programming that we had when we were 10 years old. Mm. You know, that little boy who was, you know, made fun of in school is still trying to make decisions in our business now, still has the self-doubt of that kid in high school, right? So you got to update that programming. Right.
0: You know, the other thing that my coach talks about is your brain is really there to protect you. Yep. Uh, we have these protective thoughts and it's like the brain's number one goal is to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. And you have these sort of like, Thoughts, maybe I should, maybe I should do this instead. Maybe I shouldn't do this. And a lot of times you have to understand your brain's goal is to keep you alive and it's just trying to protect you. It's not an actual negative thought. It's just doing its job, you know?
2: hundred percent. And that's, that's exactly my whole philosophy as far as change work goes is we are constantly oscillating between pain and pleasure right every habit we have every belief every fear every anxiety is designed to do one thing move us away from pain and towards pleasure the thing is pain and pleasure are perceptions that's the caveat that people don't talk Ooh. about right so for example you guys do door to door sales right we door to door sales to you that's pleasurable right you know it's going to lead to a sale you, you have your numbers you're going to hit to somebody else that represents pain so that just, it's, it's a perception. So so what things like hypnosis and these subconscious modalities do, or does is allow you to change the perception of the external world around you. And then once you change your perception, you'll start interacting with it differently because you don't have that protective mechanism anymore. Mm.
1: I like that. So I think a good way to exemplify it, what you're saying, you know, is like those people who won't go to the gym because mm-hmm. in their mind, they think going to the gym is a nuisance. I don't want to do it. It sucks, but really you need to become the person who's like, no, the gym is the best thing. Yep. It's like tricking your brain to see the outcomes as different,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you're if someone's not achieving their goals, it's because something about their goal or something they have to do to obtain their goal lead them to pain. To pain. Exactly.
1: Right. You need to realize that it's actually pleasure like I saw this funny video on Instagram of this guy and he's talking about like this cycle of not doing shit and staying (laughs) in like this down state because he's like when I don't do the things I want to do I'm unmotivated and then I continue to not do the things that I really want to do but when I actually start doing the things I want to do it gives me more motivation to continue doing the things I want to do and it's like The point is it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and you can really attain your goals by doing the things that you think you don't wanna do, but you really wanna do them, actually. No, and
2: and I think what that's highlighting here is that people often have their foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. Mm. And I think this is where, you mentioned affirmations before, positive thinking, all these things. That's like putting your foot on the gas. But when you have anxiety, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all those subconscious programs, fear that's running from when you were a little kid that you learned to protect yourself with, that's like putting your foot on the brake. And so you're doing all these things, but you're not getting anywhere, and Mm. you end up feeling worse, right? How many times you try to achieve a goal, and you're like, I'm on this, and all of a sudden, and you start feeling more stressed, more because your brain is literally trying to protect you. Because something, be- something about your goal or the action you're taking is painful at a subconscious level, and we're not always consciously aware of it. That's that's where these modalities like hypnosis come in.
1: So then, at its core, hypnosis is tricking your brain to see your pains as pleasures. No, I wouldn't say tricking, but it's a way to change your
2: brain's perception at a real yes, neurological level.
1: Yeah, So yeah. It's setting
2: it. Yeah. So I'll get, I'll, let me. I'll give you a story that it, it, it exemplifies. I was working with a client. Well, actually, a girl came to me because she was like, "I want to, I want to make more money in my business." That everybody wants to do. She's like, "But I don't believe in hypnosis." And I said, "Okay, bet. Let's go. I'm going to convince you that hypnosis works." And thankfully, I don't have to do that now. But I said, "Give me a fear that you have, and I'll help you get rid of that fear in 20 minutes, and you'll be convinced that hypnosis works, and we'll work on your business." She's okay. She's like, "I'm afraid of ladybugs." I go, okay, you're afraid of lady- I thought she was messing with me because she was skeptical. She said, no, Anthony, honestly, I'm afraid of ladybugs. I can't even go into the same room. I didn't know this, but apparently ladybugs have a smell. It, like, did you know ladybugs have a smell? I've heard that, but I didn't. I never the, smelled it. Even the smell would trigger her, right? Wow! And so I said, okay, let's work on this. So part of my process is figuring out, okay, well, I know that she wasn't born with the fear of ladybugs. Right. None of us are born with the fears that we have. Right. The only two fears you're born with are the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises, and those are mechanical fears. That's right? Interesting. So everything else you had to learn to be afraid of. So knowing that. In our process, in our session, we have to go back to the first time that her brain learned that ladybugs were bad, right? So what we do is we go back and all of a sudden she's, you know, she's got her eyes closed and we're interacting. It's like having a conversation with your eyes closed. And she's recalling this time at three years old. And she's like, Anthony, I'm in a tree house. And I go, okay, you're in a treehouse." I said, what do you notice next? She's like, oh, I just stepped on a nail. So she's three years old. She has stepped on a nail. And I'm thinking to myself, what does this have to do with ladybugs? So I go, what do you notice next? And she goes, Anthony, there's ladybugs everywhere, right? And so, ah. She's
1: associating the
2: pain of the nail? Her brain at three years old associated the pain and the fear of stepping on that nail with ladybugs and the wow. smell of it And I still get the chills thinking about this because I always ask people, what's your ladybug? What's the thing you're afraid of that you don't even need to be afraid of that your brain learned to protect you from that you don't need protection from, right? So it's all association. It's all perception that our
1: brain forms. Wow. So, as a probably to protect yourself. Oh, every because it's all your brain's like, okay, there was a nail when we smelled ladybugs, so now if you smell ladybugs, watch your nails. Yeah, here's how crazy. Here's how, here's the
2: next step that that could have went to. Her mom happened to be there with her, right? Say her mom wasn't there, and she was traumatized by stepping on that nail. She could grow up with a fear of abandonment because here she is, stepped on the nail. And like all these micro moments in our life have such a profound effect. And so what I do with clients is systematically go go back to those big moments, those big, what we call big T trauma, small T trauma. Big T trauma is all those bad things that you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. Small T trauma, even just moments of pain, embarrassment, guilt, right? Mm -hmm. Those also have an effect, especially when, you know, from the time we're zero to you know 12 years old, they say, right? So yeah, it's all changing the perception.
0: The thing I just got out of that was how important it is to have a coach Mm -hmm. because like she knew that her whole life, but she didn't know how to solve it. Until so you're like, hey, listen, let's go back on your thought, close your eyes. Yeah. And yeah, like, of course you remember it because she just told you she remembered, yeah. you know? Well, she
2: actually didn't remember. It. She didn't know that event was associated with it.
0: Of course. We're yeah. not
2: always, she wasn't consciously aware of that. She just knew she had a fear of Ladybug. Know. She didn't, she didn't remember stepping on the nail until we
1: had the session. So that's your real work. The work is finding. Investigating. Yeah. Yep. That's wild. Yeah. So that's hypnosis. It, the whole the whole model
2: that I work from is investigate reprogram while achieve you're in your an goal, altered right? state yeah. while you're in an altered state because when you're in that altered state and you're conscious analytical and we can get into the science behind it but I won't get bogged down in it you, we have a prefrontal cortex the front of our brain is responsible for our conscious analytical thought, uh, thought executive functioning right. When you do anything sort of meditative or hypnosis and and, uh, Dr. Angie Huberman talks about this. If people listen to his podcast, it's called non sleep, deep rest. Mm. When we're in that state, our conscious analytical part of our brain is relaxed. Right. And so we have access to what we call the subconscious. Right. There, there's specific terms like the basal ganglia and people call it the reptilian part of our brain.
1: OK, so you're operating on the reptilian. You, yeah, part you're of your operating
2: brain. in that part that has Which all, is the, all most, the data, it has your long term memory that you may not consciously be aware of. Hmm. So now we now we've kind of opened that door to all those those data points and the memories that that you have access to.
1: That's crazy. I yeah. can't believe you're not a doctor. I mean, I you're literally in there tinkering with people's I minds. I
2: know, don't give the don't give it away. No, <laughs> you, know, you know what, to be honest with you, there's a lot of people out there without the credentials who do the wrong thing. I'm very careful not to cross over the line into therapy, right, so I don't give anybody my bias. I don't give anybody my opinion. I give them the, the blueprint basically to do the work themselves. So I like to say all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So even yeah, I'm like the personal trainer, right? Ooh. I call myself the personal trainer. Trainer of the mind. If you go to the gym with me and I'm the personal trainer, I'm gonna show you how to lift the weight, but I can't You're lift the weight for you. Right. right.
0: Exactly. So it's the same thing. It's so interesting, bro. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Is another word for that, theta? Is that is that the word? Is that the state?
2: Yeah. It's a that's a little bit of a buzzword that's been popping up recently in, in the whole meditation and hypnosis right. community. It is real. So yeah. our brain oscillates over certain brainwave patterns. Yeah. Right. So when we're conscious, uh and I, I'm gonna simplify this for viewers say right (laughs) so we're oscillating in uh, beta so if you've probably heard different brain waves we have beta alpha theta delta when we're consciously aware right now when we're talking we're in beta where our brain waves are operating pretty quickly right a lot of a lot of activity in our brain as we begin to relax, we go into alpha. This would be just kind of like when you're sitting there watching a movie or reading a book, your brain starts to slow down and these waves start to slow down. Then we get into theta. So right before we fall asleep at nighttime, we naturally go through all these. We go beta, alpha, theta into delta, which is deep sleep. Right before we fall asleep, theta is that like deep relaxation, meditation, focus, prayer, hypnosis. That's the state we get into. So that's why Got people it. say theta. Like it, 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 it points to the state, the brainwave state that we get to when Got we're it. doing hypnosis. So that's so the science behind it. Yeah.
0: The reason I ask is because I heard that when you're born to you're seven years old, you're in the theta state.
2: Uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, that's a that's an oversimplified way to explain it. it. Let's just, the, even to make it even simpler, is like when you're zero to seven, or even as a little kid, your brain is super malleable, right? Yeah. So. Actually, this is this is a good point to talk about how hypnosis actually works. So, have you heard of neuroplasticity? Yes. You know the word neuro? no. Okay. No. So, this is a word called neuroplasticity, and what all of that refers to is our brain's ability to learn. So, ever since you're a little kid, they say that you can learn really quickly, and that's as you get older, maybe you can't learn a new language as quickly because your brain has, you know, solidified. It's right. Frauds. The reason that is is because when our brain is fully developed, we lose this ability to leverage our ability to learn. Meaning our rate of neuroplasticity slows down as we get older. Okay? And so why this is important is because when you're a little kid, you're learning things very quickly, taking in data from the world around you, trying to figure out how to navigate the world. And this neuroplasticity is heightened. Now, when we get older, it diminishes. But when we do things like hypnosis, what the science is showing is that it increases your rate of neuroplasticity. So basically what you're doing in hypnosis and meditation is well yeah you're expediting (laughs) your ability to learn you can learn something very
1: quickly that's interesting yeah i wonder if you could implement that into learning science or learning math of course yeah are people doing that i would imagine so yeah i mean i I I wish i could just go into theta state and put on like my headphones and it'd be like Bonjour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do people come to you for the most? Is it weight loss? Is it money? That's a
1: good question. That's a
2: great question. So I kind of cut my teeth on doing all like weight loss, smoking things, a stereotypical hypnosis, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I thought I had to do. And then I slowly started working with athletes, entrepreneurs, and now because of TikTok like influencers and things like that, content creators. So um, right now it's all basically performance, anxiety related things. Like, so the athletes that I work with, and here's the thing. At every level, there's a different devil, right? So all the all the athletes that you look up to and, and, and entrepreneurs who make a bunch of money, they're all dealing with the same shit we're dealing with, yep. just at a different level, right? Mm. And so that, those, are, those are the type of clients I've been working with.
0: Do you think some of the thoughts we had and beliefs in the beginning actually serve us and then kind of later on they become bad thoughts? Like we kind of needed them to get to a certain level, mm. you know?
2: Well, once again, if you go based on the model that all those beliefs are a protective mechanism, sure. But who are you protecting? Are you still protecting that 10-year-old inside of you, right? Do you still need that protection? A lot of times you do. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I work, you know, I was just working with a guy recently who, you know, he's like, hey, every time I'm stressed, overwhelmed, I go, I go play video games, right? He's 30-something years old. Now, it's not bad to necessarily play video games, but if you're using it as a, a pacifying mechanism or avoidance, mechanism, well, why are you doing that? If he, would, if he had complete agency over his actions right now, at 35 years old or however old he is, he would, he would choose not to. Yeah. But he's finding himself do, doing it because that's how he learned to cope with stress when, when he, was he was a teenager. Younger, right. So he's operating on those same beliefs and protective mechanisms as he was when he was a little kid.
1: That's wild. It's almost like to protect yourself, your brain just goes into this state of do what works and don't try anything else. Exactly.
0: I was writing this down the other day after we spoke, our parents, and people around us give us these thoughts because they're actually trying to protect us. Mm. So a lot of it comes from the people that care about us trying to help us avoid mistakes and, and alleviate pain for us. And then that gets embedded in us to avoid the pain, yeah. you know. And there's an
2: infinite realm of possibilities of how we're how we're uh, impressed upon as, as kids from our parents. Mm-hmm. Like I gave the example before, like finish all the food on your plate. Now my mom never said that maliciously. It was just like, oh, finish all the food on your plate because you're supposed to eat, kid, right? Like she didn't. She could have never known that my brain was going to associate it with having to overeat even when I wasn't full, and it was all going to happen subconsciously. And if you here's here's a couple brief examples. Is like. If you're a little kid and you try really hard in school, and or may, maybe you're good at sports, but your parents never celebrate you, like they're never there for you, you may develop a program and a belief that oh, why should I try? There's no reward to it. My parents were never there, so you know what am I trying to prove myself for? Um, another example: I worked with someone who's like a, a stereotypical perfectionist has all the degrees, all, you know, pile of license, everything, you name it, they have it. And it, it almost became a hindrance because they're constantly trying to achieve the next level. And what we did is we go back, and was like, where did this perfectionism come from? It turns out when he was a kid, he was 12 years old, he was not doing well in school. And his dad said, I forget how they got to this point, but his dad said, well, if you get A's, I'll quit smoking, right? Wow. And so he ended up getting his A's, his dad quit smoking. He saved, as a little kid, he saved his dad. For the rest of his life, he was fulfilling that program of saving his dad. Well, a's are perfection. A's are perfection, exactly. Wow, yeah.
1: crazy. Here's a question for you. Do you think hypnosis could serve as a replacement for therapy for all people?
2: <laughs> that's, that's a tough one.
1: Sounds like it to me. Here, uh, here, uh, full disclosure, I've done it
2: all uh, traditional therapy, all these different modalities. I think, I think they're all modalities that are, are doing the same thing wrapped in different paper for the most part. Now they're different vehicles, right? You can drive a beat up Honda Civic or you can drive a Ferrari, right? They're going to get you from point A to point B, but one's going to feel a lot cooler and one's going to be a lot faster. Right? I think hypnosis is the Ferrari of mindset work and change and, uh, but, I, but all that to say, I think, I think therapy is very important. I have to say that. And I'm not just saying that as like to-, to Let me ask therapy. it this
1: way. Do you think that there's something that could be solved through therapy that you couldn't solve through hypnosis?
2: Ooh, that's, that's a big question. Uh, yes, because I am not trained or educated- In everything that a therapist might be trained or educated in. Do I think that I could do my own self-education and do maybe a better job than some therapists? Probably. I think anybody can do something better than someone who's college educated. If they take the same course elsewhere, it's just not accredited, right? Right. Um, So to answer your question, where I stand, no, I'm sure there's probably a lot of therapists out there who can do far beyond what I can do. Um, But I I I think my fail safe is that I use hypnosis, right? Even if I don't know everything that the therapist knows, I know that hypnosis is just like a sledgehammer for change. So
0: one of the first posts I made on my Instagram, when I started my Instagram journey was how therapy is bullshit because I just think, I remember that. (laughs) I just think I got a lot of hate for it, but I just think that (laughs) hypnosis and again, the stereotype around the word, whatever word you want to use, but manifestation, meditation, whatever kind of words you orchestrate around it. Yeah. It's kind of come to me naturally. I've been able to manifest a lot of things in my life, and maybe it's because I listen to a lot of podcasts, or I read the books about it, or I have uh, worked on it myself, Mm -hmm. but therapy is almost a halfway house to actually being hypnotized. Manifest your own thoughts and your own things. It's really not... Well, I mean, I
2: think therapy is also a blanket term, right? There's a million different things you can do inside the scope. No, but even from like a mental health perspective, there's a million different things you can do inside a therapeutic session with somebody. Um, I think a lot of, Uh, Therapists now are actually doing more of these like esoteric modalities like hypnosis and meditation and mindfulness work. Once again, it's all the same shit wrapped in different paper, right? Even the things they're not calling hypnosis and and meditation are right. Like
0: hypnosis is just a catchy word that gets people to listen.
2: Yeah. You know, sometimes (laughs) for a long time, I wasn't even saying I was a hypnotist because I was, you know, I don't know if it's something about this area in New York or whatnot. Like I was getting a lot of slack for it, even from friends and family. Like, Oh hypnosis. Like, what are you going to, like, once again, are you going to wave a a, a pocket watch and make me Bark like a dog, you know. Uh, but now I just own it because, and probably because now I have evidence from working with clients and my following that I'm like, screw. It, when you can yeah. so
1: eloquently explain exactly how it works and the science, it's like, okay, you think it's stupid. Well, listen to me for five minutes and you'll understand. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the marketplace values you. You started the journey six months ago on TikTok, and now you already have four hundred fifty thousand followers yeah. and hundreds, if not thousands, of clients. So the proof is in the pudding. You can't deny that the market approves of 100%. what you're doing and it's and it's true and i think
2: uh, uh, speaking of therapy real quick is a lot of it comes down to all of it comes down to belief so if people believe that they need therapy it'll work for them right i like to say i'm a merchant of belief right so my job is to help you shift your beliefs at some level how fast i can do that is is going to determine how fast you can become successful and that's why i think hypnosis is the fastest way to do that but some people have a belief they say well anthony i've dealt with this trauma or this anxiety for 20 years you're telling me that in 20 minutes we can get rid of it now that's a whole different belief I have to help shift. Right. Right? Because cool. they're stuck in that idea and that right. concept that like, oh no, I, this is me. This is part of my identity, right? This is who I am. I'm an anxious person. <laughs> so right. it, that, that can be a tough nut to crack.
1: I got a good one for you. Have you ever tried to use hypnosis to cure addiction or alcoholism?
2: Uh, yes, only with the obviously approval of a doctor, um, and it has been highly effective for wow. things uh, the caveat to that is uh, things like heroin or hardcore hard drugs it's i don't do that myself, I know there are people that do it. that is a much more difficult path
1: because of physical because addiction? of the
2: chemical res- yeah, chemical responses in the brain and things like that so interesting yeah i'm just I'm just not educated or, or you know,
1: but you have had success in that spectrum. Yep, especially drinking
2: specifically, yep. That's
1: very, very interesting.
2: Because once again, it all comes down to, here's the thing, every bad habit that you have, right, is designed to get you something, a benefit, right? So even even if it's smoking, let's say smoking a cigarette, why is your brain making you smoke? Well, maybe it wants a break from work. Maybe it wants a um, uh, community because you know that you learn that when you smoke, you're around cool people and it means fun for you. Mm. Same thing with drinking. People drink for a certain reason, you know? And we're not always consciously aware of the quote unquote benefit that we get from the bad habit. So it's all about, then it's all about shifting the perspective in the brain is like, okay, well, here you go, subconscious mind, you were doing this thing before that's actually quite detrimental even though you think it's good for us, do this instead. And once again, we're leveraging that process of neuroplasticity and basically just teaching our brain a new way to operate.
0: You know, one thought that I had was, I guess I hypnotized myself on it. <laughs> I was working hard and like, why why's it gotta be hard work? Why can't it just be work? It comes easy to me and I, ju- I do it, it's my job, it's my work, yeah. it's my thing. I always thought hard work, hard work. (laughs) Why does it gotta be hard? If I'm not the last one out of the office, then I'm not gonna be successful.
1: I don't even get that, like hard work. You're either working or you're not.
0: Yeah, correct. And I always thought that like I'd go home and I'd only work eight hours and that was a normal day to me and I'd be tired. And I thought to myself, wow, I just worked my ass off. But it's it's just work. I'm not doing anything special. It's my work. It's all perception, right? Like yeah.
2: who, who you probably heard this on TikTok or uh, social media. Who's the person who was like, you know, you know, working at McDonald's is hard. You know, being unemployed is hard. Being That's, fat is hard. Yeah. Going yeah. to the gym That's. is hard, right? That like, sounds like Goggins. Yeah, it's I probably him. Goggins yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like pick Stay your hard, hard. right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think here's a caveat to that too is like. Sometimes I think the Goggins mentality can be a little toxic, right? Oh, I, I yeah. think that's an unobtainable for 99.9% of the people. Agreed. But I do think it's a good mental frame to step into because we- I don't want, think
1: I agree that it's toxic. I think it's a little extreme. What part is toxic?
2: I mean, the, the extreme nature of it. I think it can be dangerous for most people to, to take on that, that identity
0: that level of savageness you're saying and
2: sacrifice. And I I think there's, there's a, there's a balance there for most people. Um, and I, and maybe maybe I'm seeing it only from one lens because I don't know Goggins personally. Maybe if I maybe if I actually sat with him and had an approach, like him coach me directly, maybe it's a, a much healthier and, and balanced way of doing things. But from my understanding it's not, right?
1: Like the physical no, I guess you could be right because he's destroyed his body.
0: Oh my god, yeah.
1: <laughs> you have heard the
2: stories about like his ultra marathon, like where he's like oh my his god. his mass is falling apart yeah. and bleeding yeah, and he's I like guess you're you right. know, like
1: could be pretty dangerous on a physical level. Yeah.
2: So I, I don't know, and maybe, maybe "tox" is not the right word. I just don't think it's—I don't think it's realistic for most people. And once we can get into the conversation, what's realistic and what's not. Right. But, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I think. Have you it,
0: read his book? Uh, can't can't hurt hurt me? me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Dude, phenomenal.
0: <laughs> that guy talk about hypnosis yeah. and the pain he went through and the deep realms of his mind. Some of that stuff—he calls it study. It's inhumane yeah. because that's what he does. If you think about it, I'd argue that he is the best and highest master of oneself, like a goddamn monk. Yeah, when he's running like that, he's got to be in like a theta state. He's in savage state. <laughs> I'm dead serious, though.
1: I imagine when he's running, the only way you could turn all that pain off is like going in autopilot. Like you said, when you're driving and you don't know where you've been for the last hour.
2: Yeah. He's How auto- else could you get through that? He's a machine. He's absolutely a machine. But I will say, and I would say this to his face, when I see, when I see him... I see a lot of trauma. I see a lot of I see a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression and it's so man I think he's
0: running away from shit. Oh, 100%. You don't think he's dealt with it now
2: though? I mean, he's dealt with it through his extremism, through, mm. you know, and that, so it's still manifesting in the form of his accomplishment. Maybe he's toned it down a little bit. I don't know. That's uh. interesting, you know. So
1: So I can see that. I understand you think that he's doing it to get away from the pain, mm. but he thinks and I kind of think that he's conquered that pain so well that he's planning to conquer anything else that tries him.
0: That was my point before. Like, do certain beliefs help you get to where you are that aren't necessarily good beliefs? You know, the guy before you were saying who he had to believe his father wanted him to be a grade-A student, that got him the PhDs and all these other accomplishments Mm -hmm. for the wrong reason, but look what it got him in life and look what kind of life he has built for himself.
1: Right, my first thought is like, did you help him if you stop him from doing that? If he stopped being <laughs> yeah.
0: Like you tell him, yeah. don't go back but to if school. He's,
1: if he's doing it in such an unhealthy way that he's not even enjoying his life, of course yeah, you help. 100%. Dude, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be thinking like, am I fucked up? I'm going to be <laughs> trying to find something to deal with so I can go see Aunt.
2: I'll tell, I'll tell everybody a very good barometer of of where you are success wise and on your goals, right? Like if you if you double click on your goal folder, right? And it's like, okay, what are the things that I want to accomplish? You look at that and you say, well, what are the things I have to do to accomplish that, right? That's a standard progression of like achieving a goal. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, well, am I doing these things? Am I doing these things I tell myself to do? Okay, I'm not. Right. So why am I not doing these things? And it's always going to come back to uh, a feeling or emotion or fear or anxiety. And so, okay, well, I know this fear or this belief is causing me not to take action towards the goal that I want. So, okay, well, instead of just trying to focus on the action, I'm going to clear up the belief or the fear Mm. that's causing me not to take action. That's, that's it. And then you just do things like hypnosis or meditation. Once again, there's a million vehicles to get to the same destination.
1: Right. I got to try that. I was just grousing to him earlier. (laughs) I'm doing everything right in my life but i can never do it all like i'm working harder than ever you know with everything but then i can't go to the gym but then if i start going to the gym then work starts falling off of course and i'm telling myself that i don't have the time but of course i have the time so guess what i got the time (laughs) yeah you got the time (laughs) i got time but today today, i got time
0: how about energy like the feeling of energy on the day-to-day is that something we tell ourselves, like, I'm burnt out, my energy's not there, I don't have the energy to go to the gym and work all day and do all that? Is that a belief statement?
2: I mean, there's a lot of research now, and even guys like Huberman talk about this, is how we're oscillating through very real energetic uh, states all mm-hmm. day, right? So, you, de- you know, I, I'm not as educated and versed on this to speak, uh, you know, articulately on it, but I, I know that we do have basically oscillating energy levels all day. And that those energy levels will have a very real physiological manifestation, meaning yes, you'll feel down, you'll feel, you know, you might feel low, you might not feel as as motivated, right? Um, so it's, it's about, it's like a sine wave, right? And it's about decreasing those crests up top and reducing the troughs down low and trying to get to a more a better baseline. Yep.
1: Right? I'm noticing habits that I have because I'm all day throughout the day, I'm in beta. Yeah. I'm going all fucking day. And when I'm driving now, I'm realizing like I put music on purposely to get me out of it. Yeah. Is it bad to be in beta all day long? And is it the type of stuff you study or am no, I they, asking? It, I,
2: those things that we talk about beta and theta are just an over, oversimplification of these states that we go into all, all day. I don't think we really need to focus on on those actual states, but you have, what you do have to be aware of is when you go into those states, you are more suggestible, meaning you know, a lot of people go to bed at nighttime and you're in that theta state, if you will, if that's yeah. how you want to classify it, where you're high, highly suggestible because you're interacting with that subconscious autopilot automatic part of your brain. And here you are about to go to bed and you're thinking about all the shit you should have done, all the things you should have done mm-hmm. differently, all the things that are stressing you out. And then you wake up and then that same patterns, you have the same thoughts, the same feelings, the same emotions, right? And so what you, mm. what, a practical piece of advice for people is instead of going to bed thinking about all the things you didn't do or should have done differently, start future pacing yourself, meaning put yourself in the outcomes that you want, right? Tell yourself, you know what? Normally every day I've been waking up like, you know, feeling like crap and and wanting to hit the snooze, but tomorrow I'm gonna picture myself waking up, feeling energized, forgetting that snooze button, just getting out of bed sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And just always putting yourself in the outcomes that you want up here before you actually experience it.
0: So as I'm trying to grow my social media and the things I'm doing now, Mm I take all videos of myself. Like when I have a good thought, I take a quick video of myself. Mm. And if I look back, every single video that I have ever taken has been in my car while I'm Mm. in the theta state. Well, I'll stop using theta state, but you know, no, I love theta state. I love, I'm going to say it all the time. I'm in my alpha alpha state, (laughs) but when I'm in the state of like, you know, you're just in the car and you're, in the meditative state, you're going to work, you're going to the gym, you're going to the same places you go every day. Yeah, you have all of those good thoughts, and that's where my videos come from.
2: So, so it's funny you say that because I didn't, I didn't tell you this when we first met, but uh, that's exactly why I do my videos in the car. Mm. So all my TikTok videos, everybody, they're not refined; they're just me, like holding my phone, and it's all because I know when I'm in my car, yeah. it's 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 anchored to that subconscious state where I'm more open and creative and, and in the flow. Why do you think you win every argument in the shower? right yo that's a bar <laughs> like you know like well, that for me it's
1: cuz <laughs> they can't argue back
2: but. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's because you're now in a relaxed state Right. you're in a focused state by yourself and now your subconscious mind is ah. you know and and the thing too and we had we had talked about this is you know, you have these talking head videos that we do on TikTok, right? And I I, I do it too. I set up a, a stand sometimes in my house. I do some more formal type things. But now what you're doing is you're taking a very creative, flowy process and putting parameters around it. And that's when you start feeling anxious and you start feeling like, oh, am I doing this right? Think about it this way. You know, when you're driving, and all of a sudden, a cop is behind you. Oh my! What God. happens? Your hands go on ten and two. You're like, "Am I in between? Like, did I have right. I ever driven in my right. life
1: before?" And all of a sudden, you don't know how to drive. <sighs> yeah. Why is that? It's
2: because you've taken a subconscious process and you moved it into the conscious executive part wow. of your brain, and you actually do it worse because now you're taking something that you should have just let your subconscious right. mind do. Right. So
1: that's like the whole theory of overthinking. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna master that.
0: Why do people overthink so many things? Like you hear the term, I'm an overthinker. Is that just them telling themselves they're an overthinker and creating it or are they actually an overthinker? Your
2: thoughts are a byproduct of your feelings, right? So if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling overwhelmed, fearful, Mm -hmm. you're going to have thoughts that are associated with those fearful, with those feelings, right? And so it's, you know, it's that it's the, one perpetuates the other and it becomes this vicious cycle. So instead of focus everybody's like well anthony should i be negative thinking or, or sh- should i not be negative thinking and focus all positive listen first of all you can't trick your brain right everybody thinks they're going to positive think their way into their goals that's not how it works because if you have this deep rooted trauma and, and and deep shit that's going on internally once again it's the whole break and gas analogy right now on that note when you're when you're focused on what you're thinking that really points to the feelings that you're having and you can once you change the feeling Okay. Once you change the feeling that is being produced from an event or a person, a trigger, if you will, then the thoughts will start naturally uh, mapping Mm -hmm. to the appropriate way. So
0: if I'm in my meditative state, should I be saying things like, I'm going to make a million dollars or money comes easy to me? Mm -hmm. Or should I be saying some, I don't know, some other phrase, maybe? I get what you're saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Basically, you're saying, should I be, you know, quote unquote, installing positive, we talk about affirmations, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Yes and no. Okay. And I sound like a broken record here. <laughs> it's like, that's the gas, right? It's doing all these positive based things. But let's say you tell yourself, oh, I'm making a million dollars. I'm valuable. Money flows to me, all these things. But you grew up with parents who struggled with money, who worked really hard. You, they were blue collar jobs. You always saw them fight about money. Maybe they said that, you know what? That dude driving that Ferrari is pretentious. And as a little kid, you're like, you know what? My dad's right. That guy's pretentious. Do you think that those affirmations of telling yourself you're going to be that guy that your parents used to demonize or? Or, or used to, you know, struggle with money that you witnessed, do you think that is going to outweigh the other? No, because that's become a subconscious program that's running. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, well, I... to debunk I, that reservation before yeah. you, the
1: affirmation will work. Yeah,
2: yep.
0: I'm sorry, keep... Telling stories about myself, but all this is so real to me. I'll send yes. you a
2: bill afterwards.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just make sure you send it. There. I I, I uh, did the exact same thing. My parents got divorced because of money. My father was a saver. My mother's a spender. She spent all his money. Blah 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 blah. They get a divorce over money. Yep. And that was the initial thing for me when I was 18 years old. I switched a flip in my brain and moved out of my house because it was toxic. That's when they were going through a divorce and I'm like, I'll never fucking be broke. I'll never argue with my wife about money. So I have such a goddamn want for money because I never wanna have that problem in my life. Yep. That's where it started on this trajectory of making money and building a business and being the kind of person my, I am because my parents struggled with money. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the opposite. How old you know? were you when they got divorced? They got divorced when I was 18.
2: Yeah. So usually when we're teenagers, we take more of a proactive triumphant route, right? Mm -hmm. If they had gotten divorced when you were a kid, you might have more issues with money in a negative way, right? Instead of a catalyst for being successful, it could have been a catalyst for you staying broke because you were 18 and then that triumphant personality says that a lot of teenagers, and like they know everything, right? Mm you also had this this idea that, you know what, I'm not gonna be that person now. It could go either way and we never know, right? The person who grows up with an alcoholic parent, mm. they is could become an alcoholic, or We're they could just talk about Or that they podcast. could or they could That's say crazy. I'm not gonna
1: be that person. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's basically it's, a traumatic event can shape you in a positive way too. Oh, all the time. hundred
2: percent. That's Absolutely, and you never know. That's the thing. So, parents get down on themselves, like, "Oh, I messed up my kids so much." You're not going to know, even if you're the perfect parent or the worst parent. You're not going to know. It's
1: how up to that kid to take that event and either make it uh, and they and they
0: have no say over it, outcome yeah.
1: or a negative one. Yep, it's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about so many things, and we're talking about this podcast because, again, I don't use the word hypnosis. I do so much of this stuff. Like, for example, I train my sales team. I have 50 guys. Yeah. And it's a lot of what I do is we bring other people in about insurance, about credit cards, about health and food. And I wanna teach my people yeah. how to be wealthy in all facets of their life. Mm. Uh, my mission is really to help people escape the rat race. And I do that because I wanna change people's life. So yeah. that is my focus. And I know I keep telling stories about uh, my personal situation, but I think it's it can help a lot of people with what I've done and what I've been going through. So. Uh, and it's good to hear someone as successful as you in the field, proving all these things to be true in my brain. That's awesome. So, yeah. I love that awesome. you're being
2: proactive with your team too. And another thing I would encourage you to do is, and this is from a practical individual level too, is it's not always about more information, right? Sure, you may need some strategy, you may need more information. Most of the time we don't. We already know the shit we need to mm-hmm. do. We need to work on taking our foot off the brake, doing that deep printer work, right? And uh, yeah, I think that's awesome that you're being proactive with that. That's so cool, dude.
0: I like what you said too. <laughs> I think I'm
1: upset now because, like, why isn't this a bigger thing in our culture? It is. It's coming. It's coming. What are we waiting for? How do I get behind this? So here,
2: talk about the taboo. I've worked with people that you would know of who I, you know, and this is not for me to say, oh, look at me. I worked with these people. But a lot of them have you sign NDAs because it's so taboo, right? I've worked with people you would recognize who don't want anybody knowing that they're doing hypnosis or these sort of... But we're slowly, as you see, right, think about the past five years of social media. Five years ago, you didn't hear people talking about hypnosis and meditation that much, right? Now it's everywhere. You start getting advertisements for it. Uh, even the neuroscientists like Huberman are talking about it. So I do think we are in like a renaissance of, of this uh, community.
0: Have you heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza? Of course, yeah. yeah he did that Netflix thing, The Heal. Um, anyway, my brain went to that podcast with him and Ed Milette when he's talking about how he got hit on a bicycle mm-hmm and knocked off the bicycle, broke his Mm vertebrae, and he laid in his bed and fixed his own back or some kind of crazy story.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of that's romanticized, I will say, right? Uh, Because I've seen what you would call miraculous things happen in my own life and with clients, right? The thing is, at a a baseline, what's important to know is that you're born (laughs) from one cell, right? Sperm cell, fertilizes an egg cell, and from that one cell, your body, your organs, your intricate systems, your brain form from that one cell. Oh, that process, that's called a power, called a consciousness, called a spirit, whatever you call it, God, whatever you want to call it, right, doesn't go away. And so the story, the 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 moral of the story is there is that we have so much more power over our own internal processes and bodies than you could possibly imagine. So, do I think healing and supernatural, miraculous healing can come? Yeah, absolutely. And as a Christian, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. But yeah. Yeah, to 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 highlight that, I do think those stories are true, but you also have to be careful because I don't always think they're, they're the norm.
0: Yeah.
1: That's so interesting. It's like there is a subconscious part of your body where you get a cut on your hand and it just goes to work mm-hmm. and it heals by itself mm-hmm. and you have no control over that. Mm-hmm. So if you broke your back, maybe you could tap in. And I mean, obviously that's what Joe Dispenza is saying, but it's like we could learn to harness that power mm-hmm. it'd be you know yeah i think that's going to happen through hypnosis because you think ain't going to be that you know what i'm saying yeah.
0: has anybody ever grown their leg back in theta
1: mm, i'm in theta
0: <laughs> get that sucker back there we need it two dudes four legs baby we're going back to the original we just be two dudes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I see it all the time with clients. Now, obviously, I focus on longer-term clients as far as performance anxiety, but I work on whatever comes up with them. So if they're like, hey, we're working on business or if I'm working with an athlete, and they're also like, hey, I also have this bad habit of smoking, right? I'll help with them with that. But let's say they have some chronic pain that's unexplained, right? Mm. Hypnosis is highly effective. I work with people who've dealt with chronic really? pain for 20 years who, in one session, gone. Now, that's you need medical. miracle. Yeah, yeah. you need approval by a doctor. I won't do that. Because let's say, I, pain is a message, right? Yeah. Right. So if we take away the pain, if we take away the message, and you don't know that you need to still go to the doctor and get that fixed, and I've done something bad. But if the doctor says, No know what? We've done the scans, we've done the
1: tests. you don't have
2: anything it's wrong. It's just, it's just this message Dude, that's still there. It's, it's
1: like, yeah. okay, so you're talking to an amputee. Yeah, yeah. I get phantom pain. Yep. There's nothing causing it. Yep. It's just a message, a signal to my brain that something's happening that's not even happening. Yep. And you can turn that off like that. Yeah. Pretty quickly, too, yeah. I kind of like it though. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'm like, oh
0: shit. like <laughs> I got
2: scared and wake you up. It brings you back to having two no, legs eat. Yeah. Like,
1: you are fucking a character. It wakes me up. It's like a little, you know, I need it in my life.
0: It blows my mind. Like, the pain is a receptor in your brain. And I guess it's kind of the same as everything else. It's just a signal. Yeah so it's just a signal for physical pain and you could turn it off i guess yeah I mean, deal? I mean
2: we're we're let's put this way we're giant batteries right we're made yeah. up of water and electricity literally like we're conducting electricity mm-hmm. and, and that's how our brain fires our central nervous system fires by sending electrical impulses and those are if you those will be the messages so to speak right and sometimes those wires get crossed in your case you have this phantom pain where it's it's sending a signal based on an old pathway that used to be there because you used to have both legs. Right. And, uh, so yeah, you can, you can change that program once again, using, using these techniques. All right.
0: Listen, the thing plug PV in my sales team, the reason we're so successful compared to other companies is because we don't walk up and tell you our panels are their best and we have the best warranties and our company's the best, blah, blah, blah. We go in first and talk about the pain of central Hudson and how bad mm-hmm. your current situation is which then the only option is for them to go solar because the option or the situation they're in now sucks. Mm -hmm. So you have to give them the pain first and then give them the solar and the utility companies are just a dull pain. And so until you bring that to the forefront of their mind, like, Hey, that's when it becomes real pain because for 15 years, they've just paid 250 bucks a month. And it's like, it's not enough to get them to move and to get them to change what we have to do it what we have to do is go in and say listen you're paying for this 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 and this this is how bad it really is this is how bad it could get in the future and which is all the truth but it's in the fine print you know and people don't actually see that and that's why our company's been so successful because we go in first to talk about the pain and nothing about the good of solar panels first it's pain then we give them why it's a good idea to go solar and you know? and,
2: and at, at, a, at a very real baseline like Sales is manipulation, persuasion, right? hundred like, percent. But you can use it for good or bad. Say everybody wants to talk about money is good or evil. Like money is just energy. It gets you, it can amplify negative, amplify bad. Same thing with hypnosis, same thing with manifesting, right? It's how you use it, right? It's not inherently mm-hmm. good or evil. So, I mean, in the wrong hands, you know, I mean, there's people that sell, you know, snake oil and and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, and sometimes you have to be careful because it works so well. I'm ser- sure you've seen some of these techniques with your, with your sales guys. It's like these techniques work so well and the community and the people that you're selling to are so unaware that you have to really be careful that you're being ethical in your approach to sales. And, and, 100%. and persuasion. So, so
1: ours is easy. Yeah. We save people money. Yeah. It's like, there's no way to be unethical while selling solar. Yeah, and, that, and what did I ask you when we first
2: talked about yeah. I was like, come on. Shoot, shoot he leads
0: in. in like this. So what's the thing about soul? Really yeah. cool? I was like, does it really? Is, is it, does
2: it really save you money?
0: Yeah. Uh, how much hate do you get on your social media for pushing what you you do? Oh,
2: all the time. Yeah. I I honestly don't pay attention. Like I, I I'm not trying to sound like I'm better than anybody, but like I just I don't even pay attention to that, and I never have. Like I've been blessed mm-hmm. to not even focus on that negative energy. But like it's hard. So what the the evidence of the opposite has been so tremendous for me. And like, you know, I, I, some, I've gotten emotional and thinking about this is like, I literally get thousands of messages and comments a week, like thousands from people who are telling me that their life has changed from a five minute video that I posted. Are you invoicing
0: them? No, you're too. a fucking asshole. <laughs> I so, would. It's funny, it's, no, funny it's funny, you say that kidding. like,
2: you know, everybody. everybody this is a, another like big picture thing that I want people to understand is like it's not all about the dollar for dollar exchange in life and that's one thing that really transformed my life and my financial ability was like when i stopped focusing on the dollar and i tell people like especially with my content when i help people my my goal is to help you get from where you are to where you want to be regardless of if you pay me there's enough people out there who will pay me that i have the freedom and liberty to just help Huge. like
1: bro i hear you know? that big time Same, we're I'm on a journey bro. right now where, and he's part of it with me where we're yeah. giving out blade legs to people yeah i put a lot of money and effort into doing good for other people and it i don't get paid for for that that shit cost me money but it's the most rewarding thing in the yeah. world
2: it will and it will pay dividends for a long time to come so mm-hmm. the the ancient incans right they rose to power through this concept of aini right so aini is was their word for the reciprocity of life right the law of reciprocity meaning what you put out comes back mm-hmm. right the ancient incans had nothing and they rose to power by just giving and bartering and giving more than they were receiving and then eventually they were able to adapt and overcome. And so you're gonna, you see this, if you know BNI, anybody's, you've heard of BNI? I I
0: used to own Master Networks, which was just BNI's competitor for Connecticut.
2: So the whole philosophy is givers gain, right? Mm -hmm. The golden rule, treat others how you wanna be treated, right? You see this theme in all different cultures, religions, everything. everything. And I'm telling you, I don't, this is more esoteric. I can tell from my own life and working with clients, there is something supernatural quantum level happening when you do something like what you're doing and it will come back to you in ways that you, you will Huge. never, like it's couldn't so even predict.
1: It's so fucking yeah. true. You know? It's so true. It's like a weird thought. It's like when you give to other things, those other things almost, and I don't like the word reliant, but they, they, they I guess the word is kind of reliant. They become reliant on you and then they will naturally... This is kind of a deep, weird thought. They will naturally do what they can to keep you thriving mm-hmm. to. How do you explain that? It's like when you feed a dog. You feed <laughs> yeah. a dog. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you're just giving to the dog. Now, if someone comes to attack you, they're going to kill that person. Mm. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's another thing in sales, mm-hmm. too. You're going to do You do a favor for somebody, they're more
2: likely to... Be on your side. And oh, it, you know, you I don't do think it.
1: I translated that thought the way it was articulating in my no, brain. No, but yeah, I,
2: so I, I, I think even from like a more uh, like energetic. Perspective. I think there is like this butterfly effect that happens, right? right. When it's you do something, it's like way. it just there's cause and effect. Our whole world is based on cause and effect. So if you give something, that's a cause. There's going to be an effect somewhere in in this world, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I do tend to believe that that comes back. I'm not saying it's karma or anything like that. I just I've just seen it in my own life where when I've given relentlessly without any expectation, I've received far beyond any so, so energy or, or output Dude. that I had. You know. Well,
0: it's the same for the other way around too of like if you build a business with the wrong intent Mm -hmm. and you do it in the bat in a bad way scamming people or doing whatever it Mm. always comes back of course it you never keep it for long always comes out in the wash
2: always Mm. comes out in the wash
0: huge man huge and it's just it's it's (coughs) shit I don't know why that's good to. Loud noises. Yeah, bro, loud noises bro. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, fuck, I forgot the point I was just gonna make now. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, I forgot the point I was gonna make. I had a good one too, bro. I'm sweating.
2: I'm sweating. I'm
0: yeah. Well, it is hot in here, that goddamn light. Um, what, are you about to say something? No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, let's think. I totally forgot the point. See what so, see, so what
2: happened was a pattern interrupt here in Oh, huge. Here's a here's a little a sales thing, right? When you do a pattern interrupt in a time of tension, it will instantly reduce that tension. So if you drop something or you make a noise or something happens that's unexpected, you'll find that it drops the tension and you can pick up in the same area without the same level of resistance hmm. to
1: it. Um it so. a customer asks me a hard question, we go, ah!
2: <laughs> <laughs> What was that? <laughs> so pattern interrupts change, change what's going on internally. So I, we, I talked about this with my content. If you see my videos on TikTok, I'm talking into the bottom of my phone charger, right? And people are like, why are you talking into your phone charger? A lot of people do that. Because it's a pattern. I don't think people know what they're really doing. I saw it as a pattern interrupt. So when someone comes across my video, what are they going to see? This dude talking into his charger. Yeah. Pattern interrupt. Oh, let me. Why is he doing that? Let me leave a comment. People are commenting on it, right? Then I, you know, it's all. That's what Izzo yeah.
1: does on his videos.
0: Do it right now, yeah, I just, it's I just a wrote that down. Interrupt. He just
1: wrote. Gonna use my charger. My... <laughs> hold
0: a banana and talk to it <laughs> for a yeah. thing, or some stupid <laughs> I see people doing up. that all yeah. time. But we so and I think we, we started
2: talking about this before. Is like uh, all the Alex Hermosey stuff that's going on right now. As far as like, I, I get reached out all the time. Do you want Alex Hormozy style videos? Yeah. And this is no offense, because I've seen your content where it's like sitting there with the with the things coming up. That's good if you're. That's keeping you consistent. But I think people need to be encouraged to do something radically different yeah. from the norm. Right, because Alex Ramosi can do it. Those guys that are at the top can do it for a reason because they've they've gotten there already and they set that stage. Well, he's they doing set pattern
1: interrupt. Did you see the fucking nose? Of trip? course, God, of course. What is that fucking thing? I know. <laughs> Just
2: in his and white, his top white top theater, Yeah,
0: you're looking and he wears at anywhere's a Dude, white a, beater. Listen, he's yeah. a gorilla.
2: Yeah. yeah, and he's like, well, this is how you start a company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So have you read his hundred million dollar
0: offer book? I have it upstairs. I've read parts.
2: Life-changing. Like, for now, like, one of the best strategy. Like, it changed my whole perspective on offers and business and and things like that. He's
0: ridiculous. What was I just going to say about the pattern interrupt? Oh, we do that. I talk about that so much on the door. Mm -hmm. Of, like, when someone comes to their door, you got to get them to listen. Because if until they they come out, close that door, the first 10 seconds, it's like they're thinking about behind the door. They don't know. They haven't even listened to a word you said yet. You got to make them laugh. You got to say something interesting. You got to break their their current state to get them to listen to you, you yep. know? That's huge for us on the door. It's the same level, You're, you gotta get a hook. You're in-person marketing. Yeah. Like, you, they open the door, you gotta say something. And
2: Just, you gotta got be direct, too, because in those moments when like, you know, someone, what is that, it's a state of agitation when someone opens the door, and like, who's here? It's, it like. At a, at a neurological level, a central nervous system level, and so when you're in that state of agitation, and this happens in in traumatic moments, right? You went through something traumatic. I don't know. I don't know your whole story about it, but when you're in an accident type setting or a medical type setting, and you are not direct with your language, at some you're taking in things very literally. Here, and let me back up so I can give you an example. My grandmother, right? She's always having medical issues, as grandmothers do she's constantly telling me about what the doctor said to her. Well, the doctor said I was gonna be in pain. The doctor said it's gonna take this long, to, right? And I'm like, stop listening. Like, the, like, she goes to the doctor, she's agitated because she's nervous about her health, and then the doctor's saying, well, you're gonna be in pain, you know, or whatever the suggestion is. It's not always that, that direct. But do you see what I mean? Like, yes. when you're in a state, of, when someone's like you approaching someone, you can't be fluffy with your language. You have to be like direct. Like, that's why yeah. you see these videos on stop scrolling, right? Because right? that is direct. And you're basically giving a suggestion.
0: People will listen to what you tell them to, not what you, crap, I just forgot the second part. Yeah. People, people listen to what you tell them to do, not what you ask them to do. Yeah. Something like that. Where like in a sale, you have to tell them, we tell them, hey, you know, you just, let's say you just close them. Mm -hmm. You say something along the lines of, listen, tomorrow when you wake up and you're like, holy crap, did I just buy solar? Just know that that means you made the right decision. Yep. When they wake up tomorrow and go, did I make the right decision? Oh yeah, that's right. He said I would think that and i made the right decision yeah you you, know? fu- you
2: future pace them into into that too yeah and that's what we should be doing for ourselves is like putting ourselves in the outcome that we want we're doing that for our customers and our clients. Why shouldn't mm. we be like mentally rehearsing what we want? before I came here? I sat in my car in my driveway and I just mentally rehearsed this podcast going through, picturing us having a good time, like us talking afterwards, being was like, Oh, that, that was awesome. Uh, you're not as funny as it was in my vision before. No, just- <laughs> uh,
1: we didn't turn that around. That was
2: good. <laughs> so so the that, that is like the one the one takeaway. If no one ever listened to my content or found me ever again or, or whatnot, and one thing they took away is like start mentally rehearsing the outcomes that you want in life from the micro things to like a podcast like this, to the macro of like your yeah, goals that you want. That's
1: manifestation, right?
2: It's, yes, it is. So I mean, that's a part of man. It's a technique inside of manifestation is kind of mentally rehearsing your manifestation that you want.
1: Cause then you can be the person you're, you're becoming that identity so before it happens. Yes. And more importantly, it's like, let's say you want to buy
2: a purple pickup truck right? And your, your dream car is a purple pickup truck. What happens? You start researching, you start talking to your friends and family about it. Then all of a sudden you start seeing purple pickup trucks everywhere. Yep. You're like, well, I didn't know there were so many. Why is that? It's because you have a part of your brain, you may have heard this before, is the reticular activating system. There's a bunch of neurons at the base of our brain that's responsible for filtering in and out what comes into our conscious awareness, right? right. So we get what we focus on, Everybody says you need to let your goals go or you need to let your manifestation go. No, you need need to relentlessly focus on the outcomes that you want because your brain, when you've ingrained it, will automatically produce the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions to get you there. That's why you don't need willpower hard work if you've done the deep inner work first and uh,
0: use these processes. On a podcast a few months ago, actually Mm -hmm. right in the beginning, probably about a year and a half ago now, Chris O'Neill, one of our first guests, told us that if you visualize climbing a ladder and you really visualize it every morning and every night you visualize climbing a ladder. Within the next three days, you will climb a ladder.
2: Yep. And you know what? I know, Chris, we're going to get him into the NFL because I've worked with him. <laughs> no shit. God. What?
1: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, that's I wild. don't think he
2: would he's one person that I think he because oh, he's yeah. he's, talked about he's me been on so, this yeah. podcast for he yeah, the I, whole, yeah. A man bro. yeah he would he, he would be cool with me saying that so, no way yeah, we've done some work together yep
0: wow he talked he might have talked about you on the podcast talking about the work he was doing because he says he was
2: so one of the things I worked on him with was identity right like it, you know if you notice and uh he talks about cam Newton one of his favorite players is cam Newton I'm saying huh? This is what I, speaking of David Goggins, this is a cool thing that I do. So when I started running and started trying to work out again recently, I was like, who, who do I need to emulate, right? And I was like, oh, David Goggins, right? Extreme athletics, right? So I started asking myself, what would David Goggins do? Right? And it just put me in the identity of David Goggins, very briefly. Mm-hmm. So what happened, it was snowing one day and I and my, the plow guy didn't come, so I had, to, I had to shovel my driveway. Before I shoveled the driveway, I'd gone for a run because I was on this whole running kick. I run shovel the driveway, and I think to myself, "What would David Goggins do? He'd go for another run." <laughs> so I went for another run, wow. and just asking myself that question, and what I've told Chris to do is like ask yourself, "What what would Cam Newton do?" Right? right? When you're on the field, what would what would how would he approach this? And you'd be amazed at what thoughts come that don't even seem like yours. You start putting yourself in the identity, right? That's powerful, powerful this shit. This is
0: crazy. I ask myself all the time, what would Alex Ormazi do? What would Patrick Bet-David do? Yep. What would these people do in a business situation where I'm in right now? What would they do?
1: I, I got to start doing that. I, I know, always just go, stop being a bitch. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> well, and it's,
2: it's, On that note, too, say you're doing something you, you don't want to do. You, you Remember the whole video on, on TikTok was like, oh, you're not that guy, pal, right? Remember that? Yeah. You're not yeah. that guy, pal. Now, I, you could say that to yourself. Like, you find yourself about to do something that you shouldn't do. Just be like, you're not that guy. I'm not that, I'm not that guy anymore. Because now you're separating yourself from that old identity of the person who used to do it. i be telling myself that on the way to Taco Bell tonight. Yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not so that would guy you
0: anymore. say this all starts with the belief of, at the core, that you, can, you have to believe that you're able to do these things yourself, and you have to you're believe the, you can hypnotize yourself, and manifest, and create your own reality?
2: Honestly, I have
1: no idea what I'm talking about. I just made this all up. So, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for that answer. Well, you, you know, what's amazing, 100% dude. 100%
1: of the shots you don't take.
0: I don't want I want to give you some credit back here as well. What's all amazing about this is when you talk, it seems like you've been doing it for fucking 30 years. <laughs> Thanks. And you've been on this journey for what, a year now of really well, coaching people? Yeah,
2: probably a year and a half, two years now. Yeah, full time.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. A year and yeah. a half, two years, and you've accomplished some ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. in your field and it shows in in tiktok you go from zero to f- almost 400 or sorry five hundred thousand followers yeah like that's real deal stuff man that's the stuff you put out in the universe that's all the the law of reciprocity mm-hmm. of how much good you've done yeah. how many people you've truly helped there's no there's no algorithm that can prove that but that is the truth you know what i mean Absolutely. you've done so much good you've 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 helped so many people that you're getting it back in monetary value for you yeah. you know and mm-hmm. social value of TikTok mm-hmm. and youtube and, and everything that you got going on so more power to you dude. Yeah, you're killing and, it
2: and we mentioned too before like sometimes a bad thing leads to a good thing and you know gets into kind of the ethical or philosophical debate about do the ends justify the means now something personal about me is like i had uh, my uncle who was like my father figure he actually took his own life in in 2010 right mm. and so part of why i do what I do today and have such a passion for it is because I genuinely believe that if I could go back with the knowledge that I have now, that I could have helped save him. And maybe that's romanticizing the past and thinking, you know, having like this white knight thing about, or whatever, but I saw what he went through and it's, I see my uncle in everybody. I see my uncle myself, where he was just like a victim of the choices he had made, felt like it was impossible to get out of. And he was in so much pain and and, you know, went through all the protective mechanisms all the bad things and good things and it ended up in him taking his own life and you know that's that's really been like the catalyst well, that's for, interesting for yeah.
1: you because that's your same story you yeah. had the same thoughts and then yeah. you went and saw someone yep. and you wanted to be that person for yeah. him mm-hmm. so instead of being it for him you were become that for other people yeah now I'm the psychologist <sighs> did you see that you just that was that I was got like, two things that for was like you. some inception right? Am I right on that? I think I was right on that. You're not wrong. All right, I got two more things for you. (laughs) Two more things. One, can you tell us about what you think, and if you obviously you might not be able to because NDAs, but if you can, tell us about your greatest accomplishment in your own eyes. My greatest accomplishment in my own eyes. The greatest (laughs) impact or effect you've had through this practice.
2: I mean, this is going to sound like cliche and kind of just like lobbing it up there, but I mean... I used to be the guy that hated TikTok and things like that, but literally the the sheer amount of messages from people all around the world mm. has been has. I still don't even think it's real because it's just like a message. But like if I were to sit there and like take an appraisal of everybody that's reached out and like some me these messages, it's like it's amazing. It's fulfilling. And it's not just it's, just it's not it's it's not less a testament to what I do and more of a testament to like the reach that's out there right now and how we can help people. And I, I think that's probably my biggest accomplishment so far is the reach that I've had by like the grace of God and being blessed to like to be able to like gain this traction. So um, but as far as like one to one clients. I mean, uh, one of the basketball players I worked with, they, before they came to me, uh, they came to me in preseason. Right. And, uh, long story short, they ended up shooting 20% better at a professional level.
0: 20% is massive for people that don't know. For people
2: that don't know the sports, like it's huge. And so they ended up went from uh, playing overseas to playing professionally here in the States that season because of our time together. So 20 minute sesh. Yeah, well, but yeah.
0: (laughs) 20 minutes for 20% fucking shooting. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. You can ask. And then the last one. Favorite Um, question.
1: At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. what is your message to everyone out there?
2: Wow, that's that's a big one. I should have known this was coming because I saw in in your other podcast, right? What is my message? Well, if I could say one thing, and this was like I never God forbid something happened to me, I could never give my message again. I would say that people need to start being proactive and not reactive, right?
1: They need to. That's another two-hour conversation. Yeah, yeah. So who you are? Know a lot? I don't think I just like. It was Mark Tisoni who talked to us about being proactive versus reactive, Mm -hmm. right? Were we Mm -hmm. doing that on a call? Mm -hmm. That's huge, Mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of people can even grasp that thought Mm -hmm. of what is reactive and proactive we won't get obviously we can't get into it right now because that's a that's a whole nother Talk, yeah, but that is powerful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
2: and that points to just taking control, right? That more of that's a message of like deciding to take control of your own life because you have so much more control than you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by being proactive. Yeah. Like make those decisions to, to be better and to change and, and by listening to podcasts, it's awesome that you guys put yourself on on these platforms because now people have a way to hear about this information and that information leads to transformation. Right. And so the more we can give this information and put ourselves out there, the more we're going to help people. So that's it.
0: Who you are is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Boom. Boom. There it is.
1: Bravo. Thank you very much yeah, for coming on the podcast, bro. dude. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was awesome. I can't wait yeah, for buddy. the part two.
1: Yeah. We're having you back on, cuz. I oh, love it. All
0: right, Bobby, Uh You want to take some? I'm sure I'm take some photos? Perfect.
1: Thank you. Good night.